when people say this is the best barbecue they've ever had. I usually ask them if it's their first time having barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the National Podcast of Texas. I'm Andy Langer. This week on the show, Aaron Franklin. This year marks 10 years of Franklin Barbecue, purveyors of arguably the best barbecue in the state, and by extension, the world. It's made Franklin the most famous barbecue cook in the country. He's published a best-selling cookbook, fed President Obama, and won a James Beard Award for Best Chef in the Region, a first for a pitmaster. On the cover of our latest issue, you'll find barbecue from Austin's Loro, the ambitious Asian smokehouse he created with Tyson Cole of Uchi and Uchiko. And Franklin also has a new book on the market. It's called Franklin Steak, Dry-Aged, Live-Fired, Pure Beef. Meanwhile, there's Hot Luck Fest, which Franklin runs with the owner of Austin's Mohawk, James Moody, and Mike Thielen, the co-founder of Feast Portland. It returns for its third year Memorial Day weekend, May 23rd through 26th in Austin. The low-key hang features chefs from around the country and music from folks like Lucero, Leftover Salmon, The Suffers, and Robert Ellis, each paired with bites served during the concerts. This is Aaron Franklin. Welcome. So the new Texas Monthly sitting on the table between us. Loro, which you have a piece of, is on the cover. The fancy, what do we call that? Uh, fancy Asian smokehouse. Well, the, the, <laughs> this the, uh, the dish well, on the cover. well, this is the brisket dish that uh, is served only at night. Um, you know, this is a really new issue because this is the first I've seen of it. I'm sitting here, I was like, oh wow, look, you know, that looks oddly familiar. Um, yeah, it's a brisket dish. Got a, you know, herbs, some pickled onions, a Thai chili gastrique on it. Uh, kind of some ponzu stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, that might be one of my favorite dishes over there. So the idea is this is the midterm report. These are new restaurants, new barbecue cool places. Well, there's so many opening all the time that are being ranked. You don't believe in rankings? Am um, I right there or Well, you know, I'm just naturally super not competitive. I mean, everybody wants to be good at whatever they're doing naturally. I mean, that's that doesn't, you know, make one competitive necessarily. Um, but I I love rankings, and you know, of course, Franklin Barbecue's gotten super lucky over the ten years. People think we're great and stuff, um, and that's amazing, and that's enabled us to hopefully be even better than we were. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's so many like truly good barbecue places or truly good restaurants or good whatever. Um, I think it's kind of tricky to say like who's number one or who's like you know. And, and I think lists are cool. You know, just be like, well, these are the best ones, but. I mean, you know, I don't know. When you I, get I think, to the... I think it, sometimes it adds a lot of pressure on people. It's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, for not to cut you off there. No, no. Um, but uh, this comes to mind, the Michelin star stuff that's going on with the restaurants. And people are giving up their stars because it's just too much pressure to keep up. Right. Um, so that's on a much larger scale, of course. Um, but I feel like lists sometimes are like, who's number one? Who's number two? It's like, it doesn't really matter because, you know, there's so much to a barbecue place like it's service or you know, the drinks or the sides or the way that everything works. It's the whole experience. Um, and there's so many good barbecue places that have like one really good thing of chicken or one really good brisket or really great sausage. Um, it's kind of hard to pin that down sometimes. I'm glad that Daniel's good at it though. Let's say the top tier, what we would consider the top tier. Is it then like 
the health inspector where it just depends <laughs> on which day he came and what drawer was open and that in some ways in that top echelon it's going to matter on any given tuesday or thursday what's well, happening that day or is consistency what should make somebody long-term number one yeah well definitely consistency for sure um you know, and I think that, uh, you know, with Texas Monthly, Daniel's super duper good at that. I mean, he'll go to a place and, you know, Pat will go to a place so many times just to make sure that they are consistent. Um, but not every list is like that. I mean, I, I think the Team BBQ stuff is is definitely the uh, the best put together uh, barbecue list out there. Because a lot of them, you know, a lot of these lists that you see online, they just kind of get other lists and it's like, oh, this looks good. Yeah, this seems good. And they don't really, like, go try those places. You briefly said a moment ago that it made you better being on all those lists how is that well i it pushes people to you know you're like oh my god people think we're really great oh can't mess this up you know i mean obviously it makes you put a lot more energy into things um but it's also a lot of added pressure you know that's a that is tremendous amount of pressure to not lose like you know that ranking or to not let anyone down or to you know keep doing the same thing hopefully better than you have um so you know it definitely goes both ways i guess it's just how you handle it how much are you consumed with the not letting anyone down part of the equation? Oh, that's all of it. That's, that's all the, of it. That's, that's the entire thing. You know, it, and that manifests how? Um, it manifests in, it, at least at Franklin Barbecue, like just being so hyper-detailed. I mean, I wasn't as detailed when we started this whole thing as I am now. You know, and that's kind of been like a learned kind of reaction to having to be better and keep things good and... You know, if something falls short one day on Bristol, on that weird Tuesday afternoon, right. you know, like, well, why did that happen? And then to just overanalyze and really pick things apart. That's kind of how we've dealt with it. Um, better staff, better training, more staff. You know, of course, we started off so slow cooking two or three briskets a day and then got busy really, really quickly. Um, so there's also a pretty huge learning curve in that also. What have you learned about the psychology of expectations? People are always kind of looking for you to fail in a lot of ways. You know, I think... Even though they invest the time. Even though they invest the time, but I think, you know, so... Well, I, I guess it kind of goes both ways, really. Um, for Franklin, I think the line filters out a lot of cranky pants. Okay. You know, just like, you're like, I don't want to... I'm not waiting in line. It's like, okay, well, then you're not going to, and that's that's fine. But that also means that a lot of those people that are waiting in line are actually waiting in line because they want to be there. And... They're surrounded by other people that also want to be there. And then these people make friends. And that kind of, you know, over the years has kind of become, I guess, part of our thing, unintentional. Um, but where people, you know, just like good vibes are contagious. You know, like you got a bunch of happy people. Naturally, people are going to be pretty happy about stuff. Um, but to be clear, if they had a better than average experience, there wouldn't have but be in a line this long they need to have an exceptional well, they have experience to have an amazing experience i mean right. it's not just the brisket it's the how cold was the beer how loud was the music you know was the air conditioner working properly i mean it's all kinds of stuff um but yeah i think after people standing in line for three or four hours you know like i'm just looking a lot of a lot of people are just looking for something to be wrong it's like well what's wrong with this what's wrong with this um so that's kind of the pressures to make sure there's absolutely nothing wrong which is almost an impossible standard. It's totally impossible. But I love it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that's really exciting to me. You know, it's like, how perfect can you make something? And then, you know, you kind of figure out, it's like, well, 
you know, of course, you're never going to obtain this perfection on brisket because it's just a weird piece of meat that cooks for a really long time. And I mean, there's so many variables going on, but to always like strive for perfection and then to know where it's acceptable to maybe fall a little bit short so you don't beat yourself up too much. If somebody says yours is the best in the world, but they can't explain why, what makes it better than well, anyone's? I usually uh, joke and say, you know, like, you know, unicorn blood or, you know, right. uh, crystallized children's tears or something like that. Uh, but really, I don't know. Maybe it is, you know, if, I think if I look back at some of my best food moments, it might not have really been that much about the food. It might have just been like where you were, or who you were with or a certain song that was playing or the certain smells of this place or if you were in traveling somewhere or something like that. Um, so maybe that kind of has a lot to do with it also. Um, the food hopefully is like super duper good all the time. Because um, you fundamentally work on the technique. Yeah, all the time. Constantly. So is it the technique that makes you better? Um, I think it's probably a lot of things that make us really good. I don't know that we would. I would ever say that we're like better. Um, well, if I walk away feeling it's better, well, then I walked away. See, I see shortcomings everywhere. I look, I'm like, okay. oh man, but, that flat's not quite right. Uh, but what but, I mean by that is when people say this is the best barbecue they've ever had, I usually ask them if it's their first time having barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's it's that we created a memory. You know, I think. Um, like I said, it's not necessarily about that one bite of food. Hopefully it is. But I mean, there's so many aspects to, you know, spending a three hour block of time somewhere like, you know, like whatever's going on. Um, if it was rainy, if it was cold outside, who knows? Um, but I think if somebody walks away saying that was the best, I mean, I think it's that memory of that being the best that that is really what's the best. Like that's that's incredible. People always talk about you as generous with your knowledge that you're transparent. This yeah, is I'm sure how I do it. Then why isn't everyone making barbecue of your quality? I mean, you I've... should have competitors making almost identical well, barbecue because you've given them the blueprint to do so. Yeah. So there is some X factor here. Well, I think it's probably just experience, and it's okay. probably just being able to, you know, smell the wood, feel the wind, know the barometric pressure, and just you know my. My uh, my left knee starting to ache a little bit. I think these briskets are done. Um, maybe some kind of stuff like that. I, I think it really just comes down to experience and maybe just not taking shortcuts. Um, for us, it's just you know a collective stack of minute details that kind of over the course of you know a forty four hour uh, prep and cook for for a lunch. Maybe hopefully all come together. Um, but really, I mean the recipes are out there. The technique is out there. There's a book. There's some YouTube videos and stuff. Um, there's You'll really... build them a cooker. Yeah. I mean, in a, <laughs> theoretically, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all that stuff is out there. I think it's just left to, like, human touch at that point. It's like, how much do you care about it? You know, and a lot of people do care, and maybe it just falls short on experience, or maybe you're like, oh, well, maybe this isn't that important. Maybe this isn't. Maybe it's those little details that don't stack up. Um, and maybe it is just experience, too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the wind. Who knows? In the trailer days... And before it was on lists, what was the first indication that this could be something? Uh, something more than a trailer on the side of I-35? Well, I always hoped it would be. And, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't really want to even open a trailer. Um, that was just the only way we could make it work, you know, money-wise. Um, I don't know. I, I think maybe the first time I really, like, 
kind of felt the magic and was like, wow, what is going on here? Um, it was probably the day after Daniel Vaughn's uh, blog post came out on Full Custom Gospel, which I'd never really heard of. Blogs weren't really a thing then. Um, I barely had a cell phone. Um, you know, and I looked out, I was cooking ribs and getting ready for lunch, you know, expecting maybe 10 people to show up through the course of lunch. And, you know, we were only a month or two into it. I mean, we were probably open two months, I guess. It was cold outside. Um, and I look outside the gate, there's like 10 people sitting out there at like 10.50. I was like, ah. Walked out there and was like, hey, you guys are waiting for the uh, coffee place to open up here? What's going on? And they're like, no, no, wait for barbecue. Heard of Reddit, Reddit's blog. Like, I really looked at some guy's phone. It's like, what is this? And uh, I was like, huh, okay. And then I read it later on. I was like, holy moly, might, something might be happening here. Not sure what. So that felt like a turning point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think it did. Because um, I remember looking through the window and just being like, kind of almost sick to my stomach a little bit. It's like, oh, my God. It's really, I hope it's a good day. <laughs> Those days weren't that long ago. So this whole story's 10 years old? Uh, we'll be 10 years this December, yeah. Whether you like Ten it or not. painfully long years. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're the face of barbecue. That is weird. That is, is weird. that weird? It's weird that you're saying that, but it's weird that, you know... That that's where this conversation is going. <laughs> well, but is it weird? Are you trying to make me feel uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> is it weird in a part of the culinary world where tradition and where the masters are generally older and more established and have yep. done this much longer? Is that the weirdest part of the, I'm the face of this thing and yeah, I've only been open 10 years? Just cruised right in. Um that is kind of weird. And I think, you know, when I started cooking barbecue, I mean, it was like the old timers, you know, it's like you got to these places and that have been there forever. And um, that's kind of what that that's just how barbecue worked, you know, and it, I feel like maybe it's even become like a generational thing. You know, I mean, now people are clearly really excited about barbecue. It seems to have become a thing. Um, it's everywhere. And there's people are wearing brisket T-shirts and stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Um but I wonder if maybe I just came. Yeah, I think, I mean, for the most part, I pretty much just got super lucky um, with good timing and everything. And, you know, Stacy and I opened this trailer up at just kind of the right time. Um, but maybe a lot of those old guys just started getting tired. And maybe there's just like kind of like a newfound like energy for it. And maybe I'm sure that's the inspiration behind it. I don't know. Because barbecue is hard work. I mean, right. that'll that'll send you to an early grave if you don't watch it, you know. Um, or it, well, I guess it's also smoke as a preservative. So looking around, yee. Um, Austin itself was a meaning within city limits. Mm -hmm. There weren't many good options. No, no, there really weren't. I mean, there, boy, no, no, not not ten years ago. Now they're everywhere. There, I think seven eight seven zero two is. I don't know how many are over there, but man, there's a ton of barbecue joints around. But now there are places that, if not for you would be the best barbecue this city's ever seen. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I don't really, I don't go out and eat a lot of barbecue. I'm not real sure. Yeah, is that weird that that, you used that line a couple years ago uh, with Esquire, and it became news. Aaron oh, Franklin man, doesn't eat so barbecue. Oh, silly. I shouldn't have yeah. just said that. Well, I know. Here but, we go again. No, but, but was that a weird thing? Yes. I, it's a smart that... thing for you to say because it, allows you not to have to comment on anybody else's barbecue. Yeah. Um, well, but is that, it weird that became a phenomenon? 
Yeah, it, that was really, really weird and super taken out of context. I mean, that was like some TMZ kind of just like, oh, we've got this thing. Woo, yeah. burn. Um, but really, um, you know, it comes from a place that I don't want any outside influence on our barbecue. Like, I don't ever want to do something at Franklin Barbecue that I learned from someone else or that was, in, you know, I mean, this inspiration, of course, is, is different than just copying people. Um, but, you know, like, I don't want to... I don't want to, the pressure, it's like this listing. Like we just don't, we just want to keep our heads down and keep working. Um, and everybody at the restaurant goes out and they take little trips and go eat barbecue and stuff. I'm just like, eh, I'm just perfectly happy with what we're doing here. And I'm also around it all day. I mean, it's kind of, you know, this is also true. I mean, it's like when you cook Thanksgiving dinner, like at the end of this, it's like, ah, man, I don't really know if I want to eat this turkey. I'm just going to make a sandwich or have leftovers from yesterday. Um, you know, you're around it and it's such strong flavors and stuff. I, uh, you know, I, I do try it daily, uh, but it's pretty rare for me to hunker down and just eat like a whole sandwich, maybe every six months. While we're doing the uncomfortable part of the interview. Yeah, let's get this over with. <laughs> if I think one of the outsider perspectives on you, and it's maybe outside the business itself, is that why hasn't he grown and put his name on a million things and... And is it more of a Austin slacker thing or is it he's doing this thing the better than anyone's doing? Why try to do a bunch of other things? Yeah, uh, definitely the latter. Um, I don't know. I mean, we worked so hard to to have this integrity at Franklin Barbecue. And, um, you know, there are, you know, several different reasons Um but we can hardly keep up with what we're doing. We cook about 120 briskets a day. We cook 24 hours a day, six and a half days a week. Around the clock, it takes tremendous amount of um, you know effort to, to pull this thing off in the first place. So there's that. If we did another one, it wouldn't be as good. It would hurt the one that's already not even quite as good as we want it to be in the first place. Um, it's too hard to hire people. I don't want to mess with another staff. Like we work a lot, tremendous amounts of, of hours. Um, so it's mostly a people thing, right? Because you're well, not actually there every day. I am there every day. You are there every day. Absolutely. Um, I might not be like slicing lunch or, or okay. cooking. I don't really cook a whole lot these days, but yeah, I'm back there every day. Okay. Um, maybe Sunday's kind of family day, but I still pop in for a coffee and just be the old guy with a coffee mug. And be like, yep, doing it right. Okay, because right, I, I was under the impression you weren't, which would then lead me to think that this is a trainable thing. Which then means well, you're you just can't find enough people it, to train. It to- could be trainable, uh, but then that gets us into another problem: is that I'm a mega control freak, okay. um, and this thing is real personal, and I am not really willing to let it go. Um, you know, and it's kind of, you know, I mean, I'm in the mix every day, you know, like doing stuff. Um, yeah, I just can't. I just don't don't really. For quality of life, can't really do it. Um, and also, there aren't enough cows. That's also a big issue. Okay. Um, and, well, you know, we're perfectly happy with just the one. So no Times Square, Franklin. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm thinking not. Apparently, that's what Daniel Vaughn always hits you with. <laughs> When's the Times Square one yeah. opening? No, not going to happen. So how is this fun? Because that's a lot. Of, it's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. You're a perfectionist or aiming for perfection. Yeah, shooting for it. 
you've got the whole psychology of expectations. Where's the fun in this? I think the fun is kind of in the fact that it's it's a it's a living project. It's like a hot rod that you'll never finish. You know, it's just like we'll we'll never get as good as we want because my expectations are so unrealistic. Um, but it's kind of like the quest, you know, it's like, how can I make this better? There's always a project. It's like, you know, you're building a house. You don't like look at a house and be like, well, I built this house. You look at it in the different systems. You're like, well, I put the floor in, I laid the foundation, I did the plumbing, I did the electrical. And that's kind of the way I look at barbecue. You know, you've got like, you know, the aspect of fire, you've got the sourcing, you've got the labor, you've got the service, you've got all these things. And, it, you know, it's a giant orchestration of, you know, of a restaurant, you know, that just never stops. I mean, it's like a Waffle House. Um, and I think that's the exciting thing. I mean, it's also sort of a burden, too. My wife would have completely different answers. <laughs> Sorry, Stace. Um, you know, but it it's exciting and it's always something new, you know, and there's always, uh, well, how can we improve this? How can we do this? So it's kind of like these baby projects that kind of uh, keep it interesting. And it's also the interaction, too. I mean, you go up front and you meet so many sweet people um, that are eating lunch there and you hear these like really touching stories all the time. I think like that it's it's the human aspect of that um, that I think is probably like probably kind of our real foundation, I would think. The fact that when they're in front of you for those 30 or 45 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's their time. It's their memory. It's my memory of these people or like this cool thing that happened or these people that got married in line or this family that returns every year to celebrate, you know, something. Um, I think that's, that's really the cool thing about it. Um, you know, and that's kind of where the magic lies, I think. Given how you want to protect the integrity of the brand and the control freak thing, what was the negotiation like for Loro? Not the negotiation. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you have to know from Tyson Cole, who runs Uchi? Right. What did you have to know from him about how this would operate that would make it something you'd want to do? Well, so we'd been talking about it for a really, really long time. And I was even kind of a latecomer to this project. I mean, those guys, I, I think they initially had the idea in 09 when Co opened on a North Lamar over there. Um, Uchi Co, that is. Um, sorry. Um, you know, they kind of been talking about it and had this like fun idea. And, um, you know, it was kind of a good good time for Franklin Barbecue. It seemed, you know, like kind of things have kind of plateaued. I mean, obviously, we're not building cookers every day and like pushing, pushing, pushing. We're kind of starting to level out and it's getting a little bit more comfortable. Um, and I love how those guys operate. I mean, they've certainly been inspiring to me over the years. And, you know, some of the best meals I've had have been at their restaurants. I mean, it's it's pretty darn good. Um, but yeah, so we kind of just casually started talking about it. And uh, it seemed like a really fun project. And uh, something also, you know, it's different from Franklin Barbecue. I mean, Franklin Barbecue, we do straight German Czech barbecue. It's the same thing every day. Always try to get better, but it's really, you know, it's a uh, it's a pretty well lubricated machine over there. Uh, as is Laura, but for the creative aspect of Laura, uh, we're able to kind of like look into some different cookers, kind of make it more trainable, make it where you know I'm not I don't have to be sitting there you know, on a typewriter 24 hours a day, um, and it's really you know, didn't didn't impact Stacy's job too much either. Um, so yeah, it just seemed like a really fun project. But it's going to build an impression of you and of the brand, because for a lot of people 
who won't wait in line. Yep. Loro's an easy way to eat something you made. Possibly. Um, and I, I think, yeah, when we first opened, maybe people aren't as confused as they were. They're like, oh, so you cook everything at Franklin and truck it over. We're like, no, no, no. This is Loro brisket. This isn't Franklin brisket. These are these are totally different. It's the same seasoning. It's the same meat, same firewood, um, but different people cooking it. And it tastes different because of that. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just kind of, it's different. It's I, I feel like it's its own place. Hot luck's coming up. Oh, boy. Oh, it's coming up real soon. And that's sort of the same thing. Instead of doing a traditional food festival, this has Instead got your... Instead of doing Times Square at yeah. the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. This has got your aesthetic, your imprint. That manifests how? Um, again, uh, pretty, pretty organic manifestation there. Um, like most of our things happen in Austin, it's usually bumping into a friend or having an idea and shooting a text or be like, hey, I kind of been thinking about this. What do you think? Oh, that sounds like fun. Hey, let's grab a beer and talk about it. Um, and that's kind of how Hot Luck started. Uh, me and my friend Mike Thielen um, is a co-founder of Feast up in Portland. And uh, I've known him since the very early days of Franklin Barbecue. Which is the least stuffy of the food and wine festival. Yeah, yeah. And to start a, with. Uh, yeah, I, totally. And, you know, we love Portland and, and you know, it's a great festival and I, I cook it every year. Um, but I remember probably about seven or eight years ago, we're just kind of having dinner one night and we're like, man, it would be really cool to like do something like this, like kind of like an Austin-y version of Feast one day or like kind of like a festival-y kind of version of Franklin Barbecue, something that's like super casual, um, really Austin-y, kind of, you know, I guess the way that we would visualize like kind of, you know, not a funky festival, but, you know, just, you know, a fun thing to do, um, kind of like a big party, you know. Um, and then we roped in Moody uh, from Fun, Fun, Fun and Gorilla Suit and stuff and had some beers. And it just kind of we talked about it for probably about three years uh, before we actually had the first hot look. So it took a while. Um, and you end up inviting the chefs for the most yep, part. Yep. Yep. I kind of take care of that stuff. Uh, everybody's kind of has their role. And, and of course, we have several people on the team that that make this thing possible. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of, you know, kind of the same thing with Laura with Franklin Barbecue. There isn't a ton of creativity. There's not a lot of, you know, new things. We don't change the menu. We don't do that. But for me to kind of like, that's my fun zone is kind of these projects, you know. So uh, Hot Luck is certainly my fun project. Loro is kind of a fun project. You know, I've got barbecue pits that are kind of a fun project. There's all these little kind of like peripheral kind of things going on. And Hot Luck falls right in the middle of that one. You mentioned now several times how boxed in by tradition, making barbecue. Yeah, which oddly enough, that puts you, we're not even a traditional barbecue place. <laughs> right. A, you're, you're, let's talk about how you break with tradition. And B, that's not consistent with the this is a forward-moving, can't-be-completed picture, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, you're tied by tradition. Well— On the other hand, you've taken tradition a step forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I think— you know, I mean, obviously it's our place. I mean, Stacey and I could do whatever we want, really. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, like, perfection is the name of the game at Franklin Barbecue. Like, we just have to keep doing this better, 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 uh, faster, like, you know, bionic, you know, barbecue place. Um, but at the same time, you know, we want to have our own spin on it. I mean, that you know, we have the espresso barbecue sauce that's been around forever. And, you know, when we first opened, nobody really had pulled pork on a menu. 
most people didn't even know what it was down here really um you know so we kind of just you know i like this pulled pork we're gonna make it i think the sauce is gonna be really good let's make that um so i guess it's kind of our own spin on our very boxed in traditional place um and of course with our aesthetic and all that too i mean we obviously like vintage things where i see or i've seen firsthand your fear of disappointing meets the festival thing <laughs> every time you bring food somewhere there's a giant line yeah what's up with that and then at the end you've got a ridiculous amount of leftover meat do we it's it always seems that way that you <clears throat> bring more than you could possibly serve so that nobody feels like they got shut out oh yeah yeah totally absolutely we, we which is both those things we super overdo it grandma style um that's by design yeah yeah it is i mean you know i mean especially for a line the the way that it would work at it or the way that it does work at, at franklin um we cook a tremendous amount of food but we'll even cut off the line a little bit early because we don't want anyone to wait and even the people that we tell we won't have food for that still refuse to leave we still have to have food for them um it's a complex algorithm um but they got to know that by now right if they refuse to leave yeah, but They're probably at the same gonna get time, fed. yeah, yeah, um, and that that algorithm changes, um, you know. But at the same time, I mean, you, you know, what if like one person, you know, sat there for four hours and was like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna get food." Blah blah blah. I hear it all the time. It's like I sit in line and then you shut the door and I didn't get anything. I'm like, that's that's false. That's fake news, buddy. Would never happen. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean. You know, that's that one thing that somebody's just like looking to be like, ah, waited and blah, blah, blah. And that place is terrible. One star. Um, you know, not that it's necessarily about reviews or anything, but, you know, you just don't want to treat a guest like that, even if they you did ask them to leave. <laughs> is there something still oddly unifying about particularly barbecue? Oh, for sure. I mean, for instance, <clears throat> I ate lunch with you one day with, with Billy Gibbons and mm -hmm. Dan Rather. Yeah. And it was, what, a month after the election? We didn't talk politics with Dan Rather. Yeah. For two <laughs> hours. It never came up. Yeah, weird. And What a strange life. And we were sitting at my desk, <laughs> like yeah, in but, the little trailer. <laughs> but anywhere else, yeah, that would have been the first thing you talk about. Right. And we talked about food. We talked about barbecue. We talked about a million travel, a million things. Mm -hmm that had nothing to do with the most important thing that was happening in our lives, the, the world changing around us. Yep. But I felt like that was the barbecue and that it wouldn't have happened somewhere else. Yeah, I think you're kind of right. Um, barbecue is kind of one of, and you know, I think this is kind of what got me into barbecue, um, aside from the nostalgia of it. I mean, everybody's got like a story they grew up and this is how their parents made it, this is someplace they went to. Um, but it's such a soulful food. I mean, it takes so long to make and you can really... You know, you were kind of asking, like, what makes what would make our food the best or better or, or whatever? What would make anybody's food better? Um, and I think it's like that one variable that you can't put into a recipe. It's the love. It's the it's the good nature and the and the passion that goes into it. That's that's the missing ingredient right there. Um, and I think which is ironically what Stubbs said on TV on Letterman. Really? Yeah. It's on the, all the bottles. Oh, that the mis the ingredient is Dang love. It. You know, I skipped that aisle at the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> you know, but I think that it's kind of since you know, it, at least it's kind of the way I think of barbecue and, and a lot right. of like really slow foods and 
you know, like when I was a kid, my grandparents would make pot roast and it, like I knew how much work went into it. And it was always just like the best thing ever, um, you know, or like ramen or just all, all kinds of foods, you know. Um, but I think it's kind of universally understood that barbecue is not just like a hot dog or not some, you know, a lunch bucket that went into the microwave. I mean, it takes a lot of time. There's a lot of stuff going on there. So when someone does care about you enough to make that, you know, you kind of return it like, wow, like this is this is really special. Um, and it almost, you know, it certainly makes it better than than it otherwise would be. I mean, the, even the way that the flavors develop and, you know, all the time and all the care that goes into it. Um, and also, I mean, you know, back historically, too, I mean, town square barbecues, and it was always like a gathering thing. Um, so I think just culturally, that's kind of how barbecue lies. Off air, we were talking about how you cut your brisket differently than the next place. Well, what is that? Um, Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, we don't really cut it differently than I mean, I guess anybody doing like Central Texas barbecue cuts, you know, the the flat, which is the lean muscle, um, you know, a certain thickness of slices, and then you kind of cut the brisket in half, and then you cut the point, which is the fatty part. Um, so we know that in Central Texas. So we know that in Central Texas. But, you know, I, for example, we so we did these YouTube videos a long time ago. And mm -hmm. the first video was how to slice a brisket. And the whole reason why we did that is because Stacy wanted a video to be able to email to customers that ordered whole briskets so they would know how to cut it. Because we were looking on YouTube and we couldn't find a video of anyone cutting it the way we would cut a brisket, even though other people totally cut it that way. And it's no big deal. Um but, you know, that kind of got me thinking about, like, when I was a kid growing up at Bryan College Station, which is sort of east-ish Texas. Um, but I remember kind of the, the standard would be, you know, this huge fatty hunk of meat that's probably not super tender. It's got a lot of, a lot of white, unrendered fat on it. And they would take the back of the knife and just scrape all that fat off, flip it upside down. They would cut the point off, throw it away, and then slice paper thin the lean part. Um, like, ah, oh, God. You cook this thing forever to try to get that flavor and render this fat and, and get this bark and stuff, and you're just going to slide it right off and throw it away. Um, so that's why we started making the YouTube videos. I was like, hey, this is kind of how we do it. Um, and really, I mean, we we do cut that way, as a lot of other people, um, for kind of like that perfect bite. You know, like everybody has the right amount of salt, the right amount of pepper, the right amount of rendered subcutaneous fat, the right amount of intermuscular fat, the right texture internal meat and all that kind of stuff uh, so it's each bite is hopefully balanced and what's the name of the knife you're associated with oh uh you're so a... associated with it that if i search for the book on amazon it shows me the knife oh really yeah <laughs> um gosh it's a dexter russell 12 inch slicing it's a, it's a bread knife it's a serrated bread knife it's a 140 sc i forget what the thing is, is but... that crazy that if i search for well, it's crazy. If I search for the steak book or the <laughs> the barbecue book on Amazon, it shows me the knife you're most associated. That's with. pretty funny. Um, it's crazy that the cost of that knife is is exponentially gone up. <laughs> it's getting kind of expensive. And I actually looked on eBay too, and there's a guy selling the butcher paper. Really? But it says Aaron Franklin style butcher paper because it's the <laughs> same color as the butcher paper you use, which I aren't they all the same color? Uh, well, there's white butcher paper, but okay. yeah, yeah, we use the we use the pink stuff. Um, interesting. I maybe I'm looking at the wrong websites, or maybe you're in the wrong business. <laughs> you could maybe. be selling butcher paper. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, <laughs> might be more money in that than brisket. Who knows? 
is that as a guy who enjoys the 30 or 45 second interaction at the counter is all that other stuff strange um i think it is strange and i'm really intentional to not pay any attention to that stuff um i don't want to know people want selfies yeah 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 and that's really sweet i mean but people take pictures of themselves all the time um but not of other and they could easily photoshop me out of them okay um <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i guess that's that's interesting I, I really try not to think about it too much but you also don't do many of the tv shows have you ever been on any of them yeah i've been on a few okay uh, pretty pretty selective though i mean in some ways it's got to be weird that people care the way they do on the other hand you could be a much bigger star if you wanted to be yeah probably um but that's not the that's not the goal i mean you know i i think it's really really special to meet people and be walking down the street and somebody's like hey aren't you that doofus from franklin barbecue I'm like yeah sure i'm hey how's it going um you know or to be able to do shows and stuff like that i mean that's really that's super cool and i wouldn't trade it for anything um but that's not we're about making barbecue like i'm not trying to be i don't want to be like some tv personality um i have my own personality and it's just me that's kind of all i've got um but i don't feel the need or the desire to push that any further than it just naturally wants to go on the one hand right place right time like you said earlier Mm -hmm. on the other hand you're doing something different slash better than the next guy or on the third hand doing something that i'm really excited about and i think it's really neat um, for anyone, myself included, to be able to find something that you truly care about or like some type of, you know, I mean, people have hobbies and stuff. And this this was my hobby that just turned into a, a job, a very full time job for a lot of people, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's it's neat to have something. It's neat to wake up every morning and be excited to go to work, I guess. I, I guess what's interesting is you don't seem to have the imposter syndrome where the this shouldn't be me i shouldn't be here this shouldn't be succeeding at the level it does but you well, also I say don't that all the time but like, you also don't weird. seem to think you're the undeniable best either hey i'm not the problem here <laughs> <laughs> so that's a weird thing right there yeah um like i kind of think of barbecue it's kind of it it used to have this strange thing like this competition barbecue scene it's like oh you know like i was like oh, i'm better than you blah 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 yeah i'm the i'm gonna win it's like all this kind of like Nobody's sharing secrets or nobody doing anything. And I kind of think, you know, like, or people like claiming that they're the best. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're driving on the highway, it's like world's best pies. I'm like, are they really? I don't know. I feel right. like you're just saying that. Um, I guess, like, I feel that if you really felt strongly that you knew how to cook barbecue perfect every time, that's a real sure sign that you clearly don't know how to do it perfect every time because there's always more to learn, there's always something to you know, some new little light bulb that'll go off and some inspiration somewhere or some bit of creativity somewhere. Um, and I, I kind of try to lay in that zone, I guess. Did you write the steak book and like the challenge of steak? Very much so. Because it's the most similar, or is it dramatically different? Um, both, both. Okay. Um, so the, the steak book came up from the barbecue book. We would, Jordan McKay, the, the writer, uh, when we were doing the Franklin barbecue book, you know, we'd stay up all night cooking ribs and he was kind of following me around and then we would end up back at the house and be like, what do you want to do? He's like, oh, let's grill a steak. And we're just kind of sit there and go over the notes for the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I started off cooking barbecue and then went back and learned how to do the faster cooks like steak and stuff like that. You know, had to look up on YouTube how to cook a turkey in an oven because I never cooked one in an oven. Right. I can cook it on fire. Fine. Um, you know, and I think it was kind of a challenge like, oh, man, how do you know? And just really a lot of the same principles that I apply in barbecue as far as like textural stuff and fat rendered collagen breakdown and heat and all these things kind of started to really uh, spill over into cooking steaks. And it's, you know theoretically identical it's just different times and temperatures um but it seems like the same thing in that if you think you're really good at cooking steak you're probably not yeah and but how you cook less the steak shows though. who you are in a way well it does if you cook it well done consistently okay. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i think it's it's less detailed uh than cooking barbecue because it's you know it's a much smaller time time window um but it's still exciting and still there's always stuff to learn. I mean, I'm still I learned so much doing the steak book and um, I'm still still doing stuff. You know, I think just kind of that that quest for knowledge is pretty cool. Does this thing last another 10 years? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I don't know what else we would do. I mean, we definitely have have a goal to not work this hard forever because um, I like to enjoy our kiddo and, you know, do things. Um, you know, but with the festival and the barbecue pits and, you know, all these other little things that are going on, I think eventually we'll kind of have to pick one of them or not let them all go. I don't know. I guess, I guess we haven't really figured it out yet. Are you the only guy making barbecue at the festival? At Hot Luck? At Hot Luck? Um, no, I'm not cooking any barbecue at Hot Luck and it's very much not a barbecue festival. Um, well, that's what I mean. So you'd be the, and you're not, and you're not even making it. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I'm doing boudin this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think anyone is cooking barbecue this year. This might actually be the first year that there's no barbecue dishes. There's definitely some like smoked stuff, um, but I, I don't know if that I would call it like traditional barbecue. The music element with Hot Luck, again, that works. Why? Because uh, we all really like music. <laughs> but is there some chefs or frustrated rock stars, rock stars or frustrated chefs thing? Oh, totally back and forth. Um, yeah, I mean, those are very similar worlds. Um, there are a lot of people, myself included, uh, that played music for a long time and got into kitchen stuff or do both at the same time. Uh, it's a very similar mentality, I feel like, uh, that can kind of cross over. Um, because it's discipline and creativity. Yep. You've got to have yep. both. And I actually think of the way we operate Franklin Barbecue is about the same as running a band. You know, like you practice, you cook all the stuff, you go on stage, you, it's service time, you do all this stuff. Um, but really, at the end of the day, we like music, and it's pretty cool to be able to book a lot of bands to play night shows at the festival, and there's different bands for, you know, different people's tastes and stuff, so... Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I get to book bands that I like sometimes. So they let you do that too? We we all have a part in everything, for sure. It's a shared responsibilities. What's left on the bucket list? Oh, boy. Food-wise, that you'd be comfortable trying to pull off? I'm not real sure. I like a lot of things. Um, and I can get pretty nerdy on some stuff, uh, for sure. Like, I'm pretty nerdy on gumbos and stuff like that. Um, really into po boys. Those are those are hot on my list. Um, again, it's all kind of still kind of like barbecue. I mean, it's all gumbo's pretty much liquid brisket for me. Um, but it's always that quest of like just making things kind of perfect. 
I don't know. There's not a lot of time left in my days to be able to take on new food things. Um, it's rare for us to even get to cook at home. Um, feel like every day is just so packed full of work stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe here in a couple years, might be looking to do something fun. I don't know. Hadn't quite gotten there yet. And you're some kind of coffee nerd. I love coffee. Um, we're actually opening up a coffee trailer outside Franklin Barbecue here in a couple weeks. Hopefully. Wasn't there one? There used to be one. But they, that wasn't yours. No, it wasn't ours, and they, they shut it down. Um, and we'll be doing breakfast tacos. Oh, yeah, I'm really into salsas, too. Make a lot of make a lot of that stuff. Wait, you're ma- so the breakfast tacos. So we'll be doing breakfast tacos outside of Franklin Barbecue. They will have there will be brisket that you're preparing. Yeah, not whole briskets because it all goes to Franklin Barbecue. Uh, but you know that uh, again lets me be a little bit creative and kind of come up with some recipes and stuff, and you know, kind of fun ways to make pretty rad breakfast tacos. So hopefully soon, very so soon. So you're gonna have a second line. Uh, I I don't know that that one will have a line. Um, How would that not have a line? If I wait in line at Veracruz and I wait in line at eh. Valentine. Good point. You put your name on a well. That's the thing. It, it doesn't coffee have a name. trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't even need your name because it's on your property. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just deal with that when it happens. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I don't that. ever want to go into something expecting there to be a line. Yeah. I I would much rather just be surprised every time. Be like, wow, that's so neat. How about that? People like this thing. I try to I try to okay. force I try to force gut my way through everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. For more on Hot Luck Fest and to buy tickets for the food events and to individual concerts, go to hotluckfest.com. Hot Luck 2019 events kick off Thursday, May 23rd and run through Sunday, May 26th. In the meantime, speaking of barbecue, check out our barbecue midterm report in our May issue and see if your favorite made our list of the 25 best new barbecue joints in Texas. And of course, there's much more at texasmonthly.com. And we'd love it if you'd consider subscribing to our show, leaving a comment or rating it wherever you found us, and maybe even telling a friend. I'm Andy Langer, working with producer Brian Standifer. Thanks for being here, and thanks in advance for coming back next week.